Hey, hey, thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. It's me, Dave Wakeman. How's everybody holding up? Today is election day as I'm going to put this podcast out. If you live in America and you have not voted, please do look at it as the price of admission to listening to the podcast episode that I'm about to drop out into the world. My guest today is a guy called Greg Giffens. He is a strategic thinking coach um, and he came to me because he works with some things around project management, but the topic of strategic thinking was something I thought would be very, very relevant to people right now. Um, Greg's great. We talk about all kinds of stuff about ambition, legacy, um, his practice of developing micro skills over and over again. Um, we talk about credibility. We talk about using social media. We talk about um, how to see around corners, metacognition, uh, focusing, diagnosis, policy, action. We talk about one of my favorite books, which I should put in the show notes and share with you, Good Strategy, Bad Strategy. Uh, Greg was great. This was an awesome conversation. Um, I think you're going to dig it. I think it's going to be a good distraction uh, for you if you listen to it today while you're waiting for election results. Uh, hopefully you aren't waiting for them. You're just going to um, give yourself some mental health breaks here because I know the last couple weeks have been super stressful on people, myself included. Um, make sure you check out what I'm up to. I do a newsletter called Talking Tickets. You get it each Friday in your inbox. You can get it at talkingtickets.substack.com. It is my way to share my ideas around live entertainment, sports business, concerts, tickets, everything and more. So talkingtickets.substack.com. Make sure you check out my friends at Booking Protect. I just had a great conversation, probably like a three-hour talk with Kat Spencer the other day um, about some work she's doing, some stuff that's going on. But check out Booking Protect. They've got a new redesigned website. It's at bookingprotect.com. Tell Simon, Kat, Kath, everybody. Tell them I said hello. Um, there was a great article just put up with like some of the new trends and new ideas that are exposing themselves um, as we're going through, continuing to work through the coronavirus. Check it out, right? So check that out, bookingprotect.com, the new redesigned website. Very good. Uh, go over to the We Will Recover website. That's wewillrecover.live. That's a project put together by the guys and girls at Activity Stream. Uh, awesome people. If you don't know them, uh, Anar, Martin, and the entire team are fantastic. So check them out. Wewillrecover.live. Do that. Um, again, my guest today is Greg Giffins. Uh, you can check Greg out at his email or, or on LinkedIn, Greg Githens. He is also on Twitter at Greg Githens. And he said he's going to share his email address with you at the end. But this is a really great conversation. I think it'll be um, something to hold your attention. It'll give you something new, a new way to think about strategy and strategic thinking. And it's something that's very, very important for all of us to look at right now. So without anything else from me, here's my conversation with Greg Githens on The Business Fund. I want to welcome Greg Giffins to the Business of Fun podcast. Greg, how are you today? Oh, super, Dave. Thanks for asking me in. Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun because you talk about something that I know that I um, moan and prattle on about constantly, which is strategy and strategic thinking. And since we are in the middle of a pandemic that has no sign of ending anytime soon, I think being strategic in your thought processes is probably more important than ever. Um, but people have heard that from me for years now, so... 
Um, could you give us a little bit of your background because you come, you have a different background than most people because you're largely in the area of project management when you think about strategy. Is that right? Well, yeah. So, but that, that really just describes my origin. So when I graduated from college, I went to work for a project oriented company and I had the really good luck of a company that went from a small handful of people to going on the New York Stock Exchange and we're acquiring companies and just it was just such a thrilling ride to be able to do that. Now one of the things that I run into when I talk to project people is that they work in organizations that have too many projects for the resource base and uh, they find themselves getting in trouble because they can't align those projects in different kind of ways. Then the other big thing, and I think this is important to note, and it's the reason why I wrote my book, How to Think Strategically, is an, a desire to help people get promoted. You know, sometimes when I'm out on the platform speaking to groups, groups if I want to get their attention, I'll just say, I'm here to help you get promoted, to get you a bigger salary. And they go, woo, all right. I have found over the years that if you talk about money and money being able to flow into someone's pocket, that usually gets people's attention. Now, what's interesting then is you talk about going in and helping organizations that have too many projects and it causes the problem of you can't really make any um, you or you end up making unwise decisions. I think I I would like to put it as because you're so overwhelmed. At least that's my impression that I get. As somebody who works with organizations like that all the time and knowing the environment we're operating in, you know, how do you help people clear through the clutter, I think is the way I'd want to put it, because I think right now people are overwhelmed. I mean, people are just overwhelmed in general because we were overwhelmed with stuff to begin with. But right now where there's really a struggle to find a a correct direction, how do you help people, you know, get a start and focus on clearing up some of the, all these projects that they can focus on maybe one or two that are going to move them forward strategically. Well, you just said the word that is so key, which is the word is, is focus. And um, that is kind of one of the root causes that people have this inability to focus. A lot of times they're using as an excuse. I'm too busy. I'm too busy to think strategically. Well, so from my perspective, the starting point is with the individual. And, and if you want to receive the benefits of being known as a competent strategic thinker, you've got to put a, a little work in. Now, to some people, obviously, it comes a little bit easier than to others. And, and a lot of folks, and I have sympathy for them, that work in large organizations with top managers who have big aspirations and big goals. And what you see in those kind of organizations is every project is important to someone, someplace in the organization. The organization has an inability to focus. And the reason that they have an inability to focus is that they have bad strategy and not good strategy. So kind of my idea is is that we start with the individual and an individual can be a competent or incompetent strategic thinker. And that if we have one or more competent strategic thinkers in an organization, we're much more likely to have good strategy rather than bad strategy. And a lot of it just keeps going back to focus. I mean, you're talking my language today. So um, help me help the people who are listening to this by giving me your definition. Uh, and you can take either one of these you want of a bad strategy or a good strategy. Mm-hmm. And whichever one yeah, you want so, to talk about, whichever one you yeah, find. Yeah, sure easier. thing. So, so um, 
here I lean on uh, the author of a book, uh, Richard Rumel, and the name of the book is Good Strategy, Bad Strategy, The, the Difference and Why It Matters. Good strategy involves three things, uh, a diagnosis of the situation, you know, situational awareness. It involves setting a guiding policy. And so what that means, deciding what you're going to do, and really importantly, what you're going to not do or what you're going to stop doing. And I think that's what for so many organizations and individuals struggle. They, they just don't want to give something up. The third thing that it, you need is to have coherent action. So diagnosis, guiding policy, coherent action is what makes for a good organizational strategy. To keep it simple, that organizational strategy is a long list of goals of things that you wish would happen without probably the resources to do it. Right. The resources, the focus, and the good strategy and Brad strategy is, is funny. You mentioned it because the person who's the podcast before yours, it's all about good strategy and Brad strategy yeah. as well. And the book is only not within arm's reach right now because I cleaned off my desk earlier, just a minute ago. <laughs> so you could focus. Yeah. Oh, yes, exactly right. Because I like when I do these things, I don't like to have a lot of stuff going on around me because I like to pay attention to the person I'm talking to. Um, and the, the what is it called? It's the kernel is what is what uh, Richard Rump right. calls the kernel of strategy. And I actually heard um, a guy called Mark Ritson, who is a, um, a marketing professor from Australia. He gave me a definition that said there was two questions long that if people, if the three, the kernel's too hard, here's two, uh, two questions that you can ask, which is where will you play and how will you win? And, yeah. and I think that really the challenge you talked about that's really, really important is it all starts without, with a lack of focus. You have all these goals and ideas and everything just laid out and they're, they're all great ambitions. They're all awesome, right? I don't want to tell anybody their goals and their, fo and their ambitions aren't, aren't awesome. The thing is, you can't do everything. And for most of the time, I think when people set these goals, you know, you said resources, they don't have those. They don't have the attention of, of the uh, executive or the team that need, you know, needs to be there. But their goals are not so much goals. They're just like their wishes. Yeah. Do you have a philosophy on helping people set goals that are actually meaningful so that when they take this concept of good strategy, they put them, you know, they can put it to work because I think that for me at least, and this might be, I'm way out of bounds. And if I am, you just reach through and smack me. But goal setting, I think helps alleviate a lot of that because I, I think it, it, you know, in understanding how to set goals effectively is a big part about focus or am I wrong? Yeah. Well, well, it is, it, it is. But um, so, so first off, goal setting is really good and valuable. And, and, and everybody should have an appreciation of, of goal setting. But here's your basic rule. Goal setting is not strategy. You need strategy before you set goals. And, and that's the way that, that I look at it. So, so you're offering good questions. Here's a question to ask in, in any given organization that can help stimulate the whole conversation and thinking about good strategy. And here it is. What's the biggest challenge? your organization faces that you can do something about? What's the biggest challenge your organization faces that you can do something about? You'll have people with different opinions about that question, you know, as, as you would expect. But, but through effective conversation, you can come together and then I call the answer to that question the core challenge. And once you know the organization's core challenge, 
Now you can start going about designing a strategy that really moves the needle. And, and you should be doing all of that stuff before you start talking about what your individual goals are. So this brings in a, another area that I talk about in my book, and, and it's well covered by other kind of people, which is uh, uh, the way we have cognitive biases. Individuals tend to narrow frame. They tend to focus on what comes to their mind immediately, and they tend to neglect ambiguity. So, so naturally, people fall into goal setting. And again, I'm not saying anything's wrong with goal setting, but I'm just saying that you're not thinking strategically if you're allowing yourself to drift into goal setting. So what I want to help people do is learn how to step back and, and see things very broadly. What's going on with the economy? What's going on with technology? What are all of those weak signals? And, and this is a key. What are the weak signals in the pockets of the future out there that are going to end up changing the industry in some sort of way so that you can thus get your organization to better fit the environment now and where it's going to be? Those are the kind of questions and that's the kind of thinking that makes for a good, competent, strategic thinker. Now, you brought up this idea of weak signals. And yes. I think uh, Peter Drucker called it the future that's already occurred. And I, this is something I talk with people about all the time. And I, I'm curious, this is for me, forget everybody that's listening mm -hmm. You're just going to benefit from me asking Greg something about mm -hmm. how I want that. I want to learn about, which is how do you help people see these things that have already happened? How do you help them pull back the blinders? Because I think like we talked about before, your focus gets, um, muted because there's mm -hmm. so much stuff going on around you and there's so many things that are really, really important, but we miss them because we're just overwhelmed or we just don't recognize them as trends or patterns that are going to have an impact on our business. Yeah. Yeah. How do you help people develop that skill? Because it is a skill. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, so I just finished teaching a two day seminar titled how to think strategically and I did this any number of times within the seminar. We might have a discussion or a presentation or something, and I'd stop and I'd say to the audience, did you notice anything interesting? Did you notice any patterns? Did you notice any anomalies? Did you notice anything remarkable? And I just, that's it. Those are my questions. And I sit there and just wait. So here's the rule. And it's a pretty simple rule. A strategic thinker is always looking for interesting things. You're always looking for interesting things. And, 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 and I have a, I describe a lot of micro skills of strategic thinking. Actually, there's 20 of them. For example, that's sharpness. A strategic thinker is sharp, paying attention to the weak signals, the discontinuities that are out there. They're just very perceptive. So that, that's one part of strategic thinking, looking for interesting things. I, it is such a simple thing, right? It's, um, you know, because I think a lot of times when people think about st strategy, right? And this goes back to the good mm -hmm. strategy, bad strategy idea. It's they, I think people want to always be, they want to eliminate all risk is I guess the way they, that they want to do it. Mm -hmm. And one of the best ways that I've developed and I, I've learned to make bets on myself is, you know, is to like notice these interesting things that you point out and then, mm -hmm guessing or you know i guess it's better than a guess but you know just taking a look and being I mean, like i think this is what's going to happen and then following that thing along because over time 
it gives you, at least to me, it gives you a little more confidence when you are looking at these trends and these ideas that are starting to poke their head up and become, have an impact on the world around you. So that like the next time you see one, you go, oh, hold on a second. I've seen this before because mm-hmm. really, and I'm, this is the question here. It's one of the great things I think to become a better strategic thinker is that pattern recognition idea. And I think that people, they get trapped in this idea that the patterns only exist in one area or only in their one siloed portion. And as, and you know, my hypothesis has always been, you can see these patterns develop everywhere. And Mm -hmm. one of the smartest things you can do, one of the wisest decisions you can make is look at the patterns that you're seeing going on around you and ask if they apply to where you are and, or how to apply them. But I'm curious about how you, or if you do, or how you teach people to see the patterns and understand how the patterns apply to them. Yeah. Well, not so much that, because I think the human mind is a natural pattern recognition machine. Um, I think in general, people are pretty good about that. So, so an important part of, of strategic thinking is sensing, sensing those little weak signals and making sense out of them. You know, and sometimes we're fooled by patterns. We're fooled by little pieces. So the, the mind is also really good at making up stories that turn out to be uh, false, evidence, conspiracy theories. Uh, and, and, and that's one of the things that also we have to be aware of. So all of us are kind of guilty of certain kinds of cognitive biases. So one of the most important of all the strategic thinking micro skills is called metacognition. Metacognition is your ability to just know what your skills are and what your knowledge is and what your feelings are and what your cultural references are, and then to make corrective action. So, you know, am I being overconfident? Am I being underconfident? And I think those are some of the things that that combine with a healthy kind of skepticism help us to try to see what what we're trying to do is see reality a little bit more clearly. And my argument would be that if that the people and organizations that can see reality more clearly than others, advantage flows to them. I would agree. Now, I have two questions out of this because there's one you talked about sensing things about, you know, one of the key skills of being a good strategist and thinking strategically is the ability to sense the larger patterns in the world around you and understand, you know, you know, have cognition on this. How much do you rely on your gut as a strategist and how much are you like strictly driven by data and, you know, formulas and, you know, and these things and how much of it's instinctual? Well, yeah, well, um, we have to be careful about our instincts and our intuition sometimes, but, but certainly we need to go back and we need to look at these weak, weak signals and we need to, and here's what we're looking for. We're looking for an insight. I often say that insight is the secret sauce of strategy. And everybody's had an insight. It's sort of that aha moment where we, where we get a better story that replaces a mediocre story. And when we find insights, and that's really the journey that every strategic thinker is on, is on the journey to find insights and then to try to refine those insights. You know, the first insight is sometimes just sort of a little bit half-baked. But we can refine it. And how do we refine it? We refine it with experiments. And if we can get data to support those kind of things, that's that's really good. So my background is in science. I love data. 
But I also recognize that there's a certain kind of art to all of this that I have to figure out. I have to be driven by asking powerful insight generating questions. I have to notice these interesting things and then I have to start to arrange them into some sort of way that I can use my resources to make progress. And I think that's a really good point where, where you come from a background in science. One of the things that I try to really uh, bring home for people is if you ask a question or if you make a something, if something doesn't work, because it's not a mistake, you're, you're testing a hypothesis. I go, the only reason I'm right about so much is because I am so wrong so often. You just mm -hmm. either don't see them or you forget because you see the, the successes and you go, oh, that's that's so great. Um, you know, and so that's like a really, really great point is that look at it like an experiment and not as like an all or nothing bet. Because if you experiment it, first off, to me, at least it allows you to limit the downside, right? Because you don't go whole hog into something right away. You, you yeah. test the thing. So you gain data on, as you're going. I mean, that's, right. that's such a huge, huge thing. But I wanted to jump back to that second question before I forget it, because I'm really good about forgetting these really good questions <laughs> that I that I wanted uh -huh. to have. And it's when you were talking about metacognition and it says, you, you know, you were talking about knowing what you know. One thing that I think I want to ask you about is sometimes we're really, ha we have blind spots. That's the full stop. And, you know, how do we develop that skill a little bit better? Because I think sometimes it's easy to understand what we know or what we don't know, but we still can't see our blind spots. And those can be really, really um, difficult for us to overcome. And they can cause us challenges when we're trying to act strategically or improve ourselves, or as you were saying, make more money for our career. Right, right. Well, well the easiest answer to that is to find a thinking partner, uh, someone who can see your blind spots easier than you can see your own. I'm like you, we're human beings. That's the, the essential nature of being a human being is that we're flawed in that we overlook things and have blind spots. So often our thinking partners, and this gets to issues of trust and other mm -hmm. things, they can see before we do. One of the things that I do as a consultant is I help uh, organizations have better conversations about their strategy. And what's involved in those conversations then is is often this you know thing of I can see this or you're overlooking that and and trying to come to some agreement again it's back to sense making and trying to see reality more clearly. One other quick idea I'll offer to you and I, and I describe this in my book How to Think Strategically is I use the shoulder angel ideas. It's to imagine on one shoulder you have the shoulder angel of sharpness. And the other shoulder, it's the shoulder angel of dullness. So the dullness shoulder angel is always whispering in your ear, you've been successful in the past. You don't need to worry about this kind of stuff. Nobody's going to notice it if you cut a corner, something like that. And the angel of sharpness is, is always encouraging you to put a little bit more mental effort into it mm -hmm. and to challenge your own, own mental models and challenge your own assumptions. So I, I like to think of that as a little bit of an internal tension or internal battle with the shoulder angel of sharpness and the shoulder angel of, of dullness trying to whisper in your ear and get your attention. Yeah, I'm going to show uh, no, and people who are listening won't be able to see this. Um, but so during this time, um, I have a I coach my son. He's ten. His soccer team and the guy who's on the the other coach with me. I was telling him I'm taking a um, 
getting a certificate in marketing strategy, you know, while I'm not traveling and doing stuff. And he's like, well, you could write the book on marketing strategy at this point. And I go, well, that's not true, but I thank you for thinking of that. Um, but here's like all the notes I've taken from just like the first three classes, it's like a whole notebook full of things. So this idea of the sharpness angel, it, it really does stick with me because nice. I think that we, um, if we're not careful, and this is, you know, something I always am pushing myself. We think that we know, we, you know, we know everything and that, like things are just like, set in stone and the the truth is is that nothing's set in stone and that we're always moving and it's just right. that your ability to adapt and to grow and to keep being successful is really all it's not directly correlated but it's definitely has some correlation with your willingness to be able to evolve and recognize these things that are changing around you and be able to adapt and use them because i mean if people are looking at me as like the guy who can write a marketing textbook and I have a hundred page notebook full after three classes, that's just shows you that anybody can learn anything. I mean, and, and that's like one of the keys to being successful as a strategic thinker, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, one thing I noticed from um, doing some research on you before we got started too, was that you talk to people too about, uh, and you've mentioned this a little bit, but I want to get um, a, a, a little deeper understanding of how you put this is that you work with people to create a personal brand about around being more strategic. People hear a lot about this personal brand. Um, I think they have a, a skeptical eye on it sometimes because some of the people who are using it are using it poorly, um, you know, to mean that, like, I'm just going to be a blowhard. Uh, what does this mean? Because I think probably the audience for this podcast right now are thinking about how to insulate their career, maybe take a step in a different direction, um, maybe add something to their toolbox as a coach and as a teacher of this idea of personal branding around being strategic. What kind of um, action items or tips can we give people so that they can maybe do something um, that if they heard something here, they can take action on it? Yeah. Um I, I really do believe that personal branding is so important and, and, and you need to recognize that it's different than a reputation. A reputation is assigned to you by others. A personal brand reflects where you want to go. So one key word and idea is thought leadership. You have to be able to be recognized as being a, a thought leader in some sort of area. And, and to me, that means maybe it's doing speeches. Maybe uh, um, talk to your local chamber of commerce about your specialty and the, and the things that you do. I really think there's a lot of opportunity in social media for you to sign in there. And, and I always encourage people, you know, go to LinkedIn and um, make a thoughtful comment. If someone has posted something, and if there's a conversation going on, jump in there and jump in there thoughtfully. And, and, and that starts bringing the kind of attention that you want. Uh, one other thing is that, frankly, most people's resumes are so boring and so out of touch with what needs to be done. You, that, that, what I often go with people as a starting point when I'm doing coaching is, hey, let's pull out and look at your resume. And it's boring. And it's boring because they haven't put time into thinking about their personal brand. It's just a litany of the jobs held and the positions of that job. They're not showing anybody that they know where they're going. And it really it ends up being a checklist of activities as opposed to a document that's focused on income or 
not income, outcomes and impact. And, you know, and this is if we if I guess if people only get one thing from our conversation, everything that you're doing and this I'm going to ask Greg this because I want to know if I'm completely giving you bad advice. But when you're talking about your personal brand or you're talking about your resume or you're focusing on being strategic and developing that brand within your organization, focus on impact. If you are able to create more revenue in your organization, I want to know how much more revenue you can you created and what the percentage increase that was, you know, if you put a little flavor around that even better, um, you know, you might not be in a revenue generating role. Okay. So how much more efficient is your, your business segment because of what you've done or how much more quickly is something getting done because of you? All of these things are impact and they have a bottom line, uh, impact on the business, but they also should have a positive top line for you. Or am I wrong, Greg? No. Well, I think having numbers always improves your credibility with your audience. So so if you can support your claims with some good evidence, it, it's certainly stronger. Along the same lines, what I tell people is, is to think about your proud moments in your career, because maybe your proud moments in your career has been coaching and mentoring other people. And that may not have a, a quantitative expression of that. But think about your proud moments Think about the stakeholders that you have and think how, about how you um, have expressed benefits for those stakeholders. And so what we're trying to do is tell a story. And, and, and interesting, and this is also a micro skill of strategic thinking, we're trying to tell a story about the future. And the future is big enough and roomy enough that people can say, wow, that person shows that they are thinking in such a way, behaving and acting in such a way that they're accomplishing things that move the needle. Yeah, I mean, I I like the way you put that because, I mean, I guess probably being a marketer, I'm focused on money most of the time. Um, But, you know, it's impact, right? No matter how you get around it, it's impact. It's like, you know, I don't remember how, what is it that the guys talk about, like sliding into the end of your life, like a, a beat up old car, but that's what you're trying to do. You're not trying to just, um, get through the day. And if you are, maybe you're doing the wrong thing is the way, you know, or maybe you're, you know, in the wrong organization because you should be having an impact. And, you know, I get, um, I'm fortunate. I get to go talk about change a lot. And I tell mm-hmm. people the, the, the most incredible thing about change is the fact that it's like, it's going to happen anyway. So the only thing that you have to be courageous about is like figuring out how to take advantage of it. And the thing is, is like most people spend so long holding on so tightly to the status quo that they miss the opportunity because once people start seeing positive things coming, they jump on board. It's like pretty, it's pretty amazing oh, yeah. most of the time. Or you, they don't and you go, you go, well, oh, well, that sucks, but you go somewhere else, somewhere better. At least that's been my experience. Yeah. So, Dave, you just said something that was very interesting to me. So remember Mm -hmm. I said a strategic thinker is always looking for something that's interesting. So you used the word impact, Mm -hmm. and um, that that caught my ear because another one of the strategic thinking micro skills is the micro skill of ambition. And that micro skill is just not about climbing up the ladder with your your, your career, but it's what kind of impact do you want to leave on the world? It's around what's the legacy that, that you want to have. I was coaching a, a CEO client of mine not long ago, and he's got about three more years left in his tenure. And I said, well, what do you want your legacy to be as CEO of the organization? 
and I provided a couple of suggestions to him. Uh, so, but, so anyway, here's the connection of what was interesting for, with you talking about impact. I practice micro skills on a 20 week rotation and the micro skill that I'm practicing this week is the micro skill of ambition. So in this particular week, a big part of my time when I have a little free time, take a walk or whatever is, I sit back and say, you know, what, what impact am I trying to make? Well, let me ask you, you said, so you practice your micro skills on 20 week rotations. Why 20 weeks? Well, because there's 20 micro skills. So 20 by 20, like a grid. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm doing is, is the name of this is the Ben Franklin technique. It's something I, I appropriated from you know our founding father, Ben Franklin. He had something that he called the 13 virtues, and you can go and look this up. And, and every week he would devote towards practice of one of those 13 virtues. And he said in his autobiography close to the end of his life, he says, I never became a perfect man, but I became much improved because I was, I've done this. Well, I, I've been practicing this for a while, and here's something I'll invite you, Dave, and, and any of the listeners here who are on LinkedIn, which is virtually everybody, right? <laughs> I have a group on LinkedIn called Practitioners of Strategic Thinking Microskills. And this group of people, we move through the 20 microskills in, in, a, in a synchronized kind of way. And uh, this week's microskill is, uh, is ambition. And it's just the idea that, hey, some weeks I do pretty good at it, and some weeks I am awful at it. But when you go through a few of the cycles, all of a sudden, here's what you're doing. You're getting good habits of mind. You're, you're training your mind to think in a different kind of way. And this is not a real onerous kind of process. Again, if it's, if it's only five minutes a week that you're thinking about that micro skill, better than nothing. And, and I mentioned some of the others, you know, already ambition, sharpness, metacognition are, are a few of that I've, I've already mentioned. They're not particularly hard. You just got to devote a little energy towards it. Well, isn't that the, um, the thing about, like, you know, your life is all about where you put your attention? And so, like you said, yeah. if you put five minutes on a micro skill every week, in 20 weeks, you put, what's that? That's 20, that's 100 minutes. That's 90, you know, that's a, almost two hours that you have dedicated to improving yourself that you may not have been doing before in a exactly. concerted, focused way. And mm-hmm. here's, the, I mean, I tell people all the time, I go, the ability to improve yourself rapidly is not, it doesn't take a lot of time. It really, a minute or two a day. Right. Because it's like, how do I improve my prospecting skills? Right. People call me all the time. They go, well, how do I get more business? I go, well, you got to get better at prospecting. Well, that seems so overwhelming. I go, here's what you do. You email three people that you want to talk to or like, you know, can provide value to. Mm-hmm. You call three people. Right. Every day. What does that take you? Five minutes. If that. Right. O- over the course of a week, that's 30 people in a month. That's 120 people. If you, you know, what would happen if you talk to 120 people a month? I mean, you know, it's just. It's yeah. not hard. It, it just takes five, you know, five minutes a day. That's it. That's right. I mean, yeah. the same just with bite these off little chunks. You know, oftentimes we make these things out to be so daunting, and, mm-hmm. and we use it as a reason for not taking action. Yeah. So I'm absolutely buying into your idea there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just that we have gotten so comfortable being distracted by everything. And, right. you know, there's just so many distractions, right? You like you were saying, we were talking about joking before about how I cleared off my desk before we did this so I could focus on you. But it's true. It's like if you aren't focused, then you are 
pulled in 10 different directions at once. And you know what you're going to do? None of those things well. It's like mm-hmm. sit down, focus on one thing, get it done, and move on to the next one. At least that's my philosophy. Am I 100% perfect about that? Absolutely not. Yeah. Take that all with a grain of salt, but I try. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. Now, Greg, where can we find you on the Internet? Okay. Well, um, my website is a strategicthinkingcoach.com. So that's all one word, strategicthinkingcoach.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, where my handle is at Greg Githens, so G-R-E-G-G-I-T-H-E-N-S. And I think you put if you put Greg Githens in, into any Google, I, I'm all over the place. I write, I talk, I speak. Uh, I, I've been working on that part of my personal branding for several decades now. Um, but, but, uh, but that's one way. My email address, so um, it's Gregory. My middle initials is D, and my last name is Githens, G-I-T-H-E-N-S. So that's all one word, at cs.com. There it is. Well, Greg, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this, to have this conversation with us today. Um, I thought it was awesome. I think people are going to learn a lot because the strategic thinking thing is more important than ever. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dave. It's been a pleasure. What did you think of my conversation with Greg? Send me a note and let me know. It is Dave at DaveWakeman.com. Check out my website. It's new and improved. I've been reworking it, cleaning it up, getting rid of some of the bugs and some of the garbage that was holding it back. Uh, that's DaveWakeman.com. New redesign. It's fancy. All right, check it out. My blog is there. Um, I'm going to be adding some new stuff back uh, with a calendar, all kinds of great stuff. But keep it bookmarked. Check it out. Um, I try to post something on the blog almost every day. Uh, make sure you connect with me on the on the uh, social medias. I'm on LinkedIn. You can just search for me, Dave Wakeman. You can also follow me on the Twitter. That's at David Wakeman, where I will share some crazy ideas probably. Uh, make sure you connect with my friends at Booking Protect. That's the um, bookingprotect.com. Uh, the Booking Protect Instagram feed is being run by a great guy named Kieran who's doing an awesome job of posting some interesting quotes, pictures of live events, stuff to keep you really in the right frame of mind and, and motivated and reminded about how awesome going to shows and concerts and events are. Uh, but check out Booking Protect, the great blog with new ideas on revenue, um, recovery, technology, all kinds of stuff. You can find it at bookingprotect.com. Make sure that you check out the We Will Recover website that's we will recover.live it is a project started by the kids at activity stream uh anar martin the whole team uh dedicated with organization about 20 organizations from around the world to help you find ideas and ways to recover from the pandemic so check it out we will recover.live hey check out my newsletter each friday it's talking tickets at talkingtickets.substack.com it is about live entertainment tickets the business of entertaining folks. Um, also, I do a strategy news and marketing newsletter on Sundays called The Business of Value. You can get that at businessofvalue.substack.com. And I talk about strategy, money, marketing, all kinds of great stuff. So check those things out. Um, let me know how you're holding up during the pandemic. You can always email me, dave at davewakeman.com. I'd love to get your newsletter, your emails and your letters and your comments. Uh, don't feel like you have to go through this alone. Like I said at the start, the last week or two been kind of tough on me. I mean, like I had to get my head right. Um, you know, it's just, it's a grind. And we'll get through this thing. We'll get through this thing together. But don't feel like you got to go through it alone. Um, hit me up. 
let me know if I can be uh, even just a, a shoulder, to, a, a friend to talk to or a shoulder to cry on. Um, I'm here for you the way all of you have been there for me. So um, until next time, take it easy and I'll talk to you soon.